Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast where we're all about talking shift because when we feel stuck or when it's time to level up, we have to shift. And that process always begins in our minds with a shift in our thinking. A shift in our outer world starts with a shift in our inner world. And I believe 100% that that is the antidote to feeling stuck. Today on episode 54 of We're Talking Shift, I'm going to share my relationship tip number eight, which is the only right way to play the blame game. When the newness of the relationship begins to wear off, it is very easy for us to start looking at our partners from a different, mm, less than perfect perspective. In any relationship, it's, it becomes common, it's not unusual, to want to blame your spouse or your partner for stuff that you think they're responsible for that you don't like, and vice versa. It goes both ways. But if we're not careful, the blame game is a negative pattern that we can fall into and it eats away at the foundation of our relationship. I've worked with individuals and couples who get caught in the habit and the ones who refuse to take a new approach, well, they don't make it. But the ones that step up, own it, and commit to changing that destructive habit Those are the ones who see positive changes. So how do we handle blame when someone actually is at fault? Well, let's start with, let's start with when you're the one getting blamed and it's actually valid. I mean, it's, then it's, it's, it's tricky. It's hard not to discuss how you feel about being blamed for something with your partner without actually reciprocating with blame. Like, hey, honey, I'm, I'm blaming you for blaming me. So rather than saying something like, you know, your habit of blaming me is making me feel like crap and, and wrong all the time. And like, I have to constantly defend myself. That's one approach. But rather than that, um, you know, you might want to think about a different way of bringing this up. Because when you, when you say that, Now what you're doing is you're blaming them for the way you feel. But instead, if you look at it like, hmm, the approach is, could you please tell me why you're upset with me? Maybe a little more gently. Like when you blame me, it makes me feel attacked. And I really do want to sort this out with you so that we can both feel good about, you know, coming together and resolving whatever it is that's up, whatever the situation is. Because sometimes we are at fault. You know, we're none of us are perfect and we all screw up. So we need to be willing to let our spouse know that we're open to receiving the feedback and willing to listen to them point it out to us when we're screwing up. But the conversation can be had without blame being assigned. It's an unnecessary position to take and it's actually counterproductive. So the bottom line here is there needs to be an agreement between the two of you that you will 
calmly and gently share what's up so that each can be aware of some behavior that may actually need to be modified or changed. Now, what happens when you're the one getting blamed and it's not valid? Well, I think, first of all, it's really important to move into the practice, and I know this is hard, but don't take it personally. When your partner blames you for things that you know you're not responsible for, try your best to not take it personally. And this is really tough because, you know, that's the person, your significant other, that's your love. And when they're blaming you for stuff that isn't your fault, it's, it feels like it's impossible to not take it personally. But I'm telling you, with practice, it is possible, especially if you realize that if that's happening, it's an indication that they are the one who is struggling with something, and in their discomfort, you can become an easy target to lash out at in the form of blame. So knowing that your significant other is likely frustrated with things that have nothing to do with what they're blaming you for, it actually gives you the opportunity to practice kind of like a mental boundary in the sense that you don't have to buy what they're selling and you don't have to let yourself get all twisted up about it, but also to try and view the blame the blame, I guess, attack, because that's what blame really is. You could also try to take this as an opportunity to view that blame attack with compassion and invite them to share what's really eating at them. So you might say something like, I know you're really upset about something and I understand how frustrated and angry you are, but remember, oh, love of my life, I'm not your enemy. I love you and I'm here to help. So how can I help you? So whether the blame is valid or not, here's another approach. You could just simply say something like, well, wow, this won't do. <laughs> we can't have this. What, Whatever, my dear, shall we do about it? So you could kind of take a lighter approach. You're, you're not getting all emotionally, you know, twisted up about it. Um, but you are saying, okay, well then how do we deal with this? So what do we do about it? So whether or not somebody has screwed up, the focus shifts to strategies and solutions moving forward rather than getting into attack and defend mode, because that's what blame does. It turns into an attack, defend and counterattack cycle, not a healthy way to resolve anything. So before I move on to my next point, let me just see if my trusty producer, TJ, has two cents to throw at this. Are you with me, TJ? I'm always with you. Like I said, <laughs> metaphorically and literally. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of thought about a car accident during, during your discussion about blame. And when you think about certain states, there are at-fault states and there are no-fault states. And I think that uh, if people don't understand you know, what the difference between those two are is, is if there's an accident in an at-fault state, there is an investigation and then, you know, one party or both parties are uh, blamed to a certain percentage. You can be 50% at fault, 100% at fault, etc. In no-fault states, they don't really worry about who's at fault. 
everybody just moves on with their their life. You you accept some sort of fault, and in, in both of your insurances are essentially uh, going up. I think in relationships we need to have like this uh, approach where we're all at fault to a certain extent, right? Like even if you were just sitting in your car and you got rear-ended, you're partially at fault because you were in that situation. And there you go. Just, it, it sucks, but you know, move on and, and, you know, progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I feel like when it comes to relationships, we can sit there and bicker about who's, uh, who's at fault, who's to blame, who needs to own what. But at the end of the day, I think we all need to sort of look internally and go like, look, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can share some of this this blame and and what do I need to do to, to get better? And, you know, don't get caught up in the fact that your partner is blaming you and, and don't get caught up in the fact that maybe they're to blame as well. Like own everything mm-hmm. and get over it. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times, you know, we're unwilling to take responsibility for our part in things. It's it's not comfortable. You know, no, nobody wants to be wrong, but when you're willing to consider that, you know, maybe you were wrong uh, and, or maybe, you know, you have some role in the situation, what might that be? At least be open to exploring it, to receiving it, to considering that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all just one person. Um, so I think you're right. I, I like the, the no fault, um, you know, accident analogy. That's, that's a good one. It, and I think you're right too, that when you apply that to your relationship and you approach it with, it's, um, it's no fault. It doesn't mean that there wasn't or isn't a situation. It just means that you're going to take it out of a fault and blame, uh, mental arena and put it into, well, here's where we're at. What do we need to do to clean this up and move forward? you know, in a healthy way. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, now, of course, there are extreme situations where, you know, somebody is just, um, somebody's just a disaster. Somebody's just an asshole. And sometimes there are extreme situations where you know that your partner, or maybe, you know, you're the partner, but somebody in the situation is uh, just not, not well, and they are taking out all of their issues on you. And even though you may have tried everything, there are times when that boundary has to come down and maybe you have to walk away. Um, you, you, you know, there are situations where a person can't be the one that's always, um, always conceding and always taking, um, the, initiative to make changes and, and allowing bad behavior to, you know, continue in the partner. That's not fair either, but those are more extreme situations. I think most people that want to, you know, are really, really wanting to maintain and grow their relationship and have it flourish are willing to, you know, reasonably sit down and look at their own parts of whatever's going on, their own behavior and, um, and change if they need to, or help the other person recognize that they're doing something that sometimes, you know, people just are in a, in a 
habitual way of communicating or a pattern. And maybe they brought that with them, you know, from, from their life before your relationship. And it's just a, a habitual way of, of doing things. And they don't realize it until you point it out, but you got to point it out in a way that is not feeling like an attack to them. Right. You know, when it, when it comes back to that sort of like a uh, accident analogy, uh, sometimes, sometimes someone's driver's license just needs to be revoked. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just <laughs> right. a lost cause and you need right. to move on. And, uh, you know, you're going to find those situations in, in every relationship, whether it's, you know, personal business, you know, intimate every right. once in a while, you got to kind of, you know, cut, cut the rope and, uh, get rid of the anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, most people don't have to um, be stuck in that situation, but it does happen and there are people that do. So, you know, be uh, be mindful of the kind of person that you're dealing with. And, you know, in your heart, if this is a situation that's, you know, maybe falls into the category of of some sort of mental or physical abuse, you know that that's beyond your skill sets probably to help the other person. So you might just need to walk away. But outside of those types of situations, um, I think that, you know, most level headed, loving people, um, if you're just willing to look at this from from that standpoint, you can um, you can work through it, you can develop a new approach. And wow, things are just so much smoother. And that way, you know, when you do have a situation where somebody just does make a mistake and somebody does kind of screw up. No one is, it's not a big, huge mountain. It's a, it's a little, it's a speed bump and you, and you just, you tackle it, you, you communicate about it and you move forward and there's no lingering, you know, um, resentment or lack of forgiveness. It's just, um, you fix it, you sort it out and you move on. 100%. I mean, uh, think about the word drama. Like, we, we don't need drama with everything, but we also don't need a drama. We don't need a big production. We don't need a play. We don't need a three-act sort of argument to get over, like what you said, could just be a speed bump. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, and this is kind of my last big point, and this is, this is an interesting one. There, there's really, there's one right way to play the blame game. And actually it was, I, this kind of came on my radar about 10 years ago when I was doing, I was doing my second coach training certification through, um, the Tony Robbins coaching program. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. He said, if you're going to blame them for what they're doing wrong, then you have to be fair and also blame them for what they're doing right. And I thought that was really, really interesting because it is so easy to start to, you know, slide into a pattern as, as you have years with someone as, you know, you're familiar and the uh, kind of bloom might be off the rose a little bit as they speak. And it's really easy when you're living with somebody and you get comfortable and you start focusing more on, on things that they're, you feel they're not doing right. And you forget about everything that is going well, that they are doing right. So I think if you kind of have that in your mind, like, well, okay, 
so maybe this isn't perfect or maybe, you know, this is a thing we need to talk about that keeps happening. But also, what is going well? So, you know, if if we're able to maintain our focus on what our partner is doing right more than what we think about what they're doing wrong, you know, if we're able to do that, well, God, we'd feel more appreciative of them and the good feelings and emotions that we have about them and our relationship would be, those things would be foremost in our minds. We'd be leading with, with love and our, and with our hearts rather than an attitude of, you know, you constantly disappoint me. I mean, who wants to come home to that? And we would fuel our togetherness and our kind of we're a team mentality rather than fostering separateness and growing apart. And we'd remain each other's biggest fans rather than biggest critics. So I think that that's a really, a really interesting way to look at it. If you're if you're thinking about or in a in a habit of being somebody that likes to blame, um, then at least start to shift that attitude by also bringing in and blaming your partner for everything that they're doing really well. I, I agree. Cool? I, I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and you know, I, I kind of think it goes back to something that you said earlier uh, in, in this conversation, like. Nobody's perfect, but Mm-mm. nobody's also just terrible. I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone, it's because they have some redeeming qualities. Like you, you have to look at the good and the bad. And when you kind of play that blame game, like maybe you can point out some things that someone is doing poorly, but also look at some of the reasons why you're even in a relationship with them to begin with. Right. Definitely. Yes. So the important do's and don'ts to remember are, number one, the blame game is, it is unless it's going to be blaming them for something good, it's a lose-lose game. It's not a win, win-lose, a win-win. It's everybody loses. Even if someone was at fault for something, blame is an unproductive and destructive tactic. Um, don't be judgmental. Don't attack in the form of blame. Don't be defensive when you feel you're being attacked by being blamed. Do be aware that a consistent pattern of blame by either one of you indicates a lack of respect for your partner. Um, It could indicate that you may have low self-esteem and gain a false sense of superiority by pointing out the faults of your partner or others. Or it could be the need for perfectionism, and that's creating unrealistic standards and expectations, giving like an unending reason to find fault uh, with your partner. So also, do be willing to take an honest look at yourself accept responsibility for your behavior and commit to changing it when it's warranted. Do be proactive about creating open and kind communication around the issue. Do look beyond the surface and approach the issue with compassion and the desire to understand and help each other. And last, do always blame your loved one for everything that they are doing right. So that, 
everybody, is relationship tip number eight. How to, how to play the blame game in a way that isn't going to take your relationship down. Hey, Lori, so, I just want to yeah. blame you for being awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I would uh, like to return that blame. You're pretty awesome yourself, TJ. I think we got a, we got a pretty good thing going on here. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm I'm super grateful that you spent some of your valuable time hanging out with me today. Please go right on ahead and make my day by subscribing if you haven't already and give me a rating. I just love that. If you're trying to make some shift happen in your life or you have some relation shifting going on that you could use a little help with, you can find out what private coaching with me is all about on lauribischoff.com. And of course, you can connect with me on any of the social media platforms. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.